Uh, for me, I love listening to my kids play. I do. Uh, and it's not only uh, listening to them play, but listening to how they play uh, with each other. They're in this stage now where um, their imagination and creativity is just crazy. It's crazy. They're in this stage where they're creating new games. Uh, it started, Colby had a school project, and he made a board game for his school project. And it actually worked. Like, we sat down and played it as a family. It was amazing. But as they invite friends over, they make up these games uh, that they play uh, Clash of Gods and, uh, I don't even, Nerf Battle Tide, and they have these Nerf guns, and they do these games. They do Lego City, but it's this Lego City where there's actual, like, they keep scoring. They have timers, and they buy blocks, and, and they just think of this stuff uh, in their head. Wizards of the Woods, we have a lot of woods out here in Sudden Valley, and they go out into the woods, and they play these games, and they keep score, and they're, you know, catching all these spells or whatever. But... Um, one of the funnest parts for me is, is hearing them work out the conflict and the rules that go along with these games. Um, and whoever uh, has decided to lead or has been uh, allowed to think of this next game, or whatever it may be, uh, they, they set the rules and they take point on establishing uh, these rules, even if it means, and often it means, uh, creating new rules as the games go along. And whoever's created the game actually creates the rules that halfway through the game make it so they win. Always happens. Um, and so as they create these games, uh, and a lot of the time I end up intervening even. Um, uh, as, they, as I'm listening to them create these rules, I come in and I repeat the rules just so they understand what they were saying. Some of the older kids, they under, my older son who's 10 and my younger son's five. I've got to come in sometimes and intervene and repeat the rules. So you're saying that Micah, my five-year-old, has to stand in the middle of the room with nothing to hide behind, and you're behind a doorway, and your friend's behind the bed, and he stands in the middle with a single-shot Nerf gun, and you guys got the mega rotator fury guns, and you just get a shoot at him. And then once he gets hit, he's just in charge of picking up the darts. Is that the rules that I hear? Yeah, well, we're going to let him play, you know, and I'm just like, well, that doesn't make sense. And so, honestly, that, that was just last week was the rules that... That was in place. Uh, and so, but inevitably what happens is the, the kids and their friends, they get together and it all begins, whether it's a game that they've adapted from another game or a game that they've created in the past that they get together and play, they get together and they have to establish the rules. The rules by which they're going to play by and uh, how they're going to play the game so that uh, it all works out for the best. Um, and oftentimes what happens is uh, there's a fight and somebody bucks the trend of the rules or wants to create a new rules and it ends in uh, tears. Um, but um, they have to establish those rules from the beginning. And the same is actually true as I think about it. There's less tears and less fighting. But you come to my house, we're going to play Settlers of Catan or we're going to play Cribbage and, uh, or, or a Pinochle. And there's, there's rules, there's house rules. There's house rules to the games that we're going to play. There's rules that we play at our house that might be different than the way that you might play at your house. So as we bring this Proverbs series to a close, um, we've, we've been talking over the last six weeks over this uh, wisdom that's included in this, this book. We've looked at many principles uh, and guidelines uh, that God has placed for us 
to follow. Ultimately, the, the greatest wisdom that has ever been uh, told because it came from God. And as we bring this series really uh, to a close this morning, I, I, I believe we have to address one question. And that question is, and, and maybe, maybe even it should have been asked at the beginning. We should have maybe introduced it at the beginning. But I can't think of a better way for us to close this series out then really look at what we're going to look at today and address this question that is, whose rules are you playing by? Whose rules are you playing by? See, without establishing the rules in the game that you're playing, uh, there's going to be fighting, there's going to be disagreeing, there's going to be arguments, and it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, Much of the time, that is the scenario that happens with my kids as well. And as we have looked at all this great wisdom coming from God that he had given to Solomon, um, we've looked at uh, how, how our relationship with God is related, what he calls us to, what does it mean to fear him. We've looked at uh, the wisdom and how we handle our finances, how we handle relationships with others, uh, what exactly God is calling us to. And as we look at all these things, the question is, Have you decided to play the game that God wants you to play? And by whose rules do you think you're playing that game by? See, Jesus had a knack at at explaining uh, the game of life as he tells parables and and teaches lessons to his disciples and those who are fallen. He had a knack for explaining this game of life. And one way he explained it to his disciples was like this. He says, I'm the vine, and from the vine there are branches. We're we're the branches. He says, if we're the branches, my father's actually the pruner. He's the gardener. And if you decided not to uh, follow his rules or live by his standards, if you just don't think that that's what's best for you, he'll cut you off. And that there's no life apart from that. But if you've decided that you want to play this game that God has for you, God will work with you. The gardener will work with you, and he'll snip here, and he'll cut there, and he'll take things away so that the outcome of the game will be much greater. The outcome and the rules that we play by will make a lot more sense. There'll be understanding. There'll be fruit. There'll be more fruit is what he says in that scripture. And just following that, it's in John 15, John 15, 4, he explains the interaction even more. He says, abide in me, and I in you. As a, branch is, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide in me being, keep my rules. Stay within my guidelines. Here are the guardrails for you to live Life by. Know and establish by which the rules that you're playing is what he's asking to do. Play within the rules. So the question is, what game are we playing? This game of life, which is actually, if we think about it, it's if, if there was a long timeline of life. The life we live here on earth is like really, 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 really small compared to what is eternity, right? 
But yet what we do is we allow this really, 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 really small portion of it. We focus on on this. Build for this. Ask for this. Uh, Focus on this, this little part. And what's crazy about this little part, it actually depicts eternity for us. But yet we think of it as the immediate and what we want is in this little tiny little spot of eternity. And so this little spot, if you think of it, that's the game that God has for us. Just an analogy. But it's just that little area that he asks. And so whose rules are you playing by? So uh, hopefully if you've been around at all the last six weeks, at some point you've heard this idea of this challenge. We've been reading through Proverbs. And you can pick it up at any point in any month. If it's the 7th, read chapter 7. And I encourage you actually to do that periodically throughout the whole year because of the wisdom that's in this book. If it's the 8th, read the 8th, the 12th, read Proverbs 12. Um, but hopefully you've looked at this wisdom that encompasses this book. And, you're, and, uh, and, and so my question is, are you taking it as mere suggestions as to how uh, to live? Or are, are, are you writing them down uh, are, are you thinking that my own rules, that your own rules are what's best for you? Your own uh, idea of how you should live your life is actually uh, what you think is the best and will bring you the greatest outcome in your life. Or are the rules that in which are written in wisdom, uh, written in Proverbs, and the rules that God spells out in his books, the ideas that God spells out in his books, uh, are, are those the ways that you think you're intended to play? And you believe that to be true, true, and that they will produce the greatest outcome. Now, here's the deal, because I've been saying this word a lot, this idea of rules. Uh, I believe that as Christians, uh, even our specific culture of being evangelical Christians, uh, even furthermore as Christ the King, Sudden Valley, uh, and even further than that, you've heard me from the front say that following Christ is not a set of do's and don'ts. That it's actually not a list of things that we should follow, not a list of rules that we should live by. And I believe that that's on one end of the spectrum, but I believe that uh, because our focus has been on that and we've said, no, it's, it's not a list of do's and don'ts, it's actually about your heart. Very true. But we've erred on, uh, on the way we live our lives And that our focus has been so far on the idea of grace and mercy and forgiveness, we've really been all right. And we think God's all right with us creating our own rules of which that we live our life by. Because we think, well, I'll just err on that side of God's grace and mercy, and that's part of his rule books. So I'll just live the life that I want to live, uh, and then we'll figure it out in the end. When all throughout Scripture, it actually, God's Word tells us to keep His commands. Cover to cover, it says to keep the Lord's commands, to keep God's commands. Proverbs 3.1 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Now, uh, that's not always easy for us, and Scripture actually tells us that, that it's a struggle. And that it's actually a a real struggle. And that's why I love this uh, analogy of the pruning. The pruning. But see, that idea of God pruning and and working in our lives, 
doesn't even apply to us if we're not even sitting at the right table where the game's being played. If we're not actually ponying up and putting our chips on the board or putting our guy in play uh, for the game, those don't even apply to us. It's basically saying that, you know what? My game is what I want. And, and it's honestly what I think is best for me, the way I choose to live my life. Today, as I said, is Baptism Sunday. Um, and uh, at the end of our service, we'll head out to the pool, uh, and uh, we'll go out there, and we'll, and we'll get to see people uh, choose to be baptized. Uh, now, for some of you, probably a lot of you in this room at some point in your life have been baptized. Um, and hopefully you look at that, back, at that decision as a very significant decision that you made uh, in your life. Uh, and it's a decision that actually we continually, the, the decision in being baptized is a decision that we make hopefully continually in our lives. A decision to say, you know what, from this day forward, I'm going to live the way that God wants me to live. I'm going to live my life for uh, the Lord. And I want, and it's saying that I want what God wants for uh, my life. And I think that it parallels well with this idea that we're going to end up with in Proverbs, and we're going to parallel baptism and the decision that that is and the wisdom that's in the book of Proverbs. I want us to look at the significant idea of why we get baptized as well as a parallel uh, for how we bring this Proverbs series to a close today. Um, and that being the rules that we play by uh, and what game we're playing. But I want to look at a couple of the basic ideas, kind of the basic principles of baptism, which is on a sheet in the back of why we do a baptism, the what and why. Uh, but the first principle is this. Uh, we are uh, to follow the example uh, set by Jesus. And so in, in Mark 1, 9, at, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth and was baptized by John in the river. And so that's one of the reasons why we choose to do baptism, is that uh, we believe that Jesus did it, and, and ultimately Jesus is our example for how we are to live our lives. And so that applies to baptism, but it also applies to the wisdom of to which we live our lives. Jesus is our example. The way he lived his life is the way that we should also live our life. So as we look at Jesus' life and his ministry and the analogies and the teachings that he has, those are of which are the playbook, the rule book as to how he would like us to live our lives. Number two is uh, we want to comply with Jesus' commands. All right? So Jesus said uh, in, in Matthew 28, uh, he said, Go then to all people everywhere and make, my, make them my disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I love that because there's two folds in there. Uh, Jesus commands us to go and baptize people, and we're lucky enough uh, as a church to see transformation, to see people making the choice to follow Christ, and then out of those choices, uh, whether it's been here or outside of here, they feel like, hey, this is a point in my life that I want to make that choice to follow Christ, and that's spelled out by to make my disciples. Disciples is just 
uh, following closer or pointing people towards Jesus and walking them through that process. But I also love that it's, it says that I, to, to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you to. Jesus gives us commands, and of which this is one of the pillar commands for us, to go out and reach people, make disciples, to go out uh, and, and baptize uh, uh, people. And it's really the how and the why that we do this. We get baptized uh, after we believe. But first there's believe, and then from our belief comes our baptism. And the same is true for our lives. Once we've decided to believe God's, um, God's design through Christ is what we desire, that's when we start playing by God's rules. That's when we start uh, uh, obedience, and that's what baptism is, is being obedient. And we believe in our heart that that is what's best for us. Now, uh, here as a church, uh, this is the deal. And you've probably heard me say this before because it's a big part of our core beliefs. Uh, the first is uh, this idea of belong. All of you that are here today belong doesn't matter if what you did, what you will do, maybe something, choices that you'll make in the future, uh, that will not disqualify you. You, everybody belongs here. And let me say that even for people outside of here, people that have yet to come and visit, they belong here, despite anything that they have going on in their lives. And as a church, we believe that to be a core I, there's people who live in this community that I would love nothing more for them to walk through these doors. Because I'm confident that as they do, you will love them despite whatever it is that they bring through those doors. You belong here. And so out of that idea of belonging, there's an idea of believing. So we go from belong to uh, believe. And believing is, is that idea of placing your faith in trust in Christ, in God, in his, uh, his design and plan uh, for our lives. Then there's a third piece, and that's behave. And this is a piece I think that we all have room uh, to grow in. I think most of us uh, have a pretty good grasp on belonging, because all of us have disqualified ourselves at some point for some reason, but you're here, and we love you for it. And then, and then the, and there is no barrier from that. And then from that, it's the believing. And this is the different aspects of determining uh, of how we have a relationship with God is comes the belief. And that last step is belong, believe, behave. Behave is taking steps and actions to live by what God would want us to live by. To live the life how God would want us to live. And for just the analogy that we're using today, to live by his rules and his plan. And, and that rules word might have some negative connotations to it. His commands, oh, that's more intimidating to me. But that's the behave piece. And for us, I, I am praying hard for over this next year that it's in this third step that we as a church will experience the most, most growth. And that's the behaving uh, piece. We have a summer, a summer series that we're 
putting out that I'm, I'm pretty excited for. It's called Taboo. Uh, and, and this Taboo series is, is really kind of an equipping series for us. We're going to be talking about and discussing the ideas of which historically and even just maybe even in recent history, the church has been silent about. But it's an equipping series and how we can make those steps in discussing these principles, how God would want us to discuss these principles. But even more than that series, and we'll take that one off so nobody's distracted by the cool graphics that we have for that. Um, no, but even, even that, the series that follows that is a series we're going to do in August called Committed to the Core. And this is going to be a series, we're going to look at the six core principles of what it means to believe, what it means to follow Christ, what it means to be a Christian, the six core principles that we have as a church. And in a sense, through those six weeks, we're going to be calling the church, that's you guys, to abide by those core principles as God has laid out for us uh, in, in Scripture. And that's the behave piece. And so for those that are making the choice to be baptized today, that's behave. That's out of their obedience. They've already believed being baptized doesn't save you. You've already made the decision to follow Christ. But now it's time to behave, behave and be obedient in that. That comes in being uh, baptized. So baptism doesn't make you a believer any more than knowing about Jesus. I know about Jesus makes you a Christian. It shows that you already believe. Baptism is a display of for all to see that this is where I stand. But the same is true for the way that we live our lives. The actions and the rules that we live by and the way we live our lives are a display for those of us around us to see that we believe, that we have put our faith in Christ, and that we live accordingly. Behave, the idea of behaving, the idea of following rules, the idea of uh, following commands that have been clearly laid out in Scripture demonstrates that I really am a Christian in all of our actions. Acts 18.8 says this, uh, Cyphus, uh, the synagogue leader and his entire household believed in the Lord and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and they were baptized. So this is the idea of Paul preaching through, preaching to the Corinthians. And because of what they heard, they believed. And once they believed, they were baptized. Now, 1 John 2, 3 says this. We know that we have come to him. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. And I get that question. I get this question a lot. I get this question, well, how do I know that I know Jesus? How do I know that I know Christ, how do I know that I actually believe in him? Well, do you keep his commands? Do you keep his commands in your life? Are you following the commands that he's laid out for you uh, in scripture or this taboo word of rules? Are you following the rules uh, that God calls us to live by? 
just before that verse in, in 1 John 2, 3, it says this, if we claim to believe in him, yet walk in darkness, we are lying to ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves. So I believe if we truly believe, if we actually believe in Christ and his sacrifice for our sins and, 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 and they're for everyone else, despite what anybody's done in their lives, if we believe that he is the only righteous one that we can uh, place our faith and trust in, then our lives will be changed. Our hearts will uh, be changed. His presence at that level will change us from the inside out. It will change the way we act in our lives. And in this, Proverbs calls out over and over to us, listen to me, listen to the godly wisdom that I have. Solomon says, wisdom calls out for us. And that it will provide for us and it will prosper and it will provide uh, for us to live the life that God has for us. And it says in Proverbs 9, 6, leave your simple ways and you will live and you will walk in insight and in understanding as some of the translations that you guys have. And as much as we think, as much as you think that the rules uh, that, that we have and the way we want to play the game provides the best opportunity for us, God continues to call us from that. He continues to call us out from uh, the, the, the selfish lifestyle that we want to live, the idea of, of self. And he calls us out of um, our selfish desires, the desires that we put in, in our lives and the desires we put in places that we shouldn't and that uh, God calls us uh, to a different life. The rules that we've set out for ourselves. God calls us away from those. And God allow, when we allow God that ultimate presence to speak into the way that we live our lives, that is when change comes. That is when uh, understanding, as that verse says, insight comes on the way that we should live. And the same for, is true for us as we're following Christ. We want to live our lives as Christ wants us to live our lives. In 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 5, 17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, their new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. And that's a, that's a straight baptism verse that we, that's used in baptisms all uh, the time. And this is the case where uh, the people who stand up who want to be baptized and say, you know, I want to follow Christ. Well, the old is gone and the new is here. From this day forward, I want to live my life for Christ. Baptism being a huge step of obedience, which is the same for us in just how we live our life uh, in general. So I encourage you, uh, if you haven't been baptized in your life, I encourage you to do that. Here at CTK Sudden Valley, we're going to have another baptism service uh, in a few months at the end of summer. Uh, and so I encourage you uh, to take that step of uh, obedience in your life. And behaving is that act of obedience in our lives. Uh, obedience comes out of being teachable. Obedience comes out of being teachable. Being teachable in that you're willing to actually allow God to change your life. That you're, uh, that you're uh, actually willing 
to play by someone else's rules, God's rules in your life. And that you're willing to come to grips with, you know what, I don't know what's best for me. It's got to be all right that I don't know that and that I'm not uh, in control as much as I want to be. And we struggle with that. We struggle with that. And it's a real struggle. The people who are being baptized today are saying just that. That from this day forward, I choose to live the life that Christ wants for me. And that is the desire of my heart. And my hope is that where we sit on a daily basis is that same decision and choice every morning. That we get up in the morning and we face this game of life and we say, you know what? I don't know what's best for me. But this day, I want to live for Christ. I want to do what he has called me to this day. It's a decision that we continually make in our lives. That God, I, I want you. That my ways aren't as good as your ways. Help me. Show me how you would want me to live. Let's pray.